Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Quick note before we begin, the Finding Genius Foundation, as part of the Finding Genius Podcast, has recently completed a book about understanding viruses. So the creation of this book was to interview 100 virologists, ask them a lot of deep, difficult questions, take the most difficult questions, and then re-interview the top 25 or so and ask them the hardest questions I could think of. And we compiled that all into a book. So you'll see question and four or five experts' answers. Question, four or five experts' answers. There's about 30 questions in the book. I think it's a great read for the layperson and for the researcher. talks about a lot of speculation in the world of viruses, such as are they alive or not, and why is it important? Uh, Why do viruses go latent or hidden or ineffective or sit in a person or an animal or another creature for weeks, months, years? and then suddenly become virulent and affect that person. Uh, so there's a lot of really provocative questions in the book. It's now on Amazon. So if you go to Amazon and type in Finding Genius, you'll see the book on viruses. It's also on Kindle. The Audible version is in production and should be ready in approximately a month. But if you want to go and order it now, uh, you can do so again by going to Amazon or Kindle or go, go to findinggeniusfoundation.org and go to Publications. There's an opportunity as well to get the transcripts of all the interviews and to hear the original interviews themselves. If we had put them all together, the book would be about a thousand pages, but we condensed them down to make it juicy and concise and tight and very interesting. So I hope you'll check out the book. Uh, we're now working on one about cancer, but this is going to be our goal is uh, three times a year to come out with these masterclass books that I think will inspire new scientific research. And I hope you'll check it out. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have Jeremy Abramson, Chief Energy Officer, a movement and mindset coach. He's also a podcast host. He's a high energy coach who helps top level executives and entrepreneurs unleash their fullest potential. He's recognized around the world for his expertise in mindful movement, integrative nutrition, and brain chemistry. So, Jeremy, thanks for coming. Thank you, Rich. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here and Hopefully add some value to your amazing community. Yeah, so were you born mindful? Were you born, uh, opt, you know, running at, uh, at full potential? Or is this, uh, like, what's your history? How did you get to this point where you decided to work on these things and, and help executives in the way you do? Yeah, I appreciate you asking. You know, I think, Rich, we, we all are born with a unique gift, something that we have the ability to manifest into something special, but oftentimes we go through this human experience and we let our childhood dreams die. And that is a product of, you know, school, society, parenting, all of these things. But for me, I would say one of the biggest, biggest moments was just getting fired from my dream job and getting cheated on by my ex-girlfriend in a span of 48 hours when I was 24 years old. And a couple months after that, I packed up all of my possessions. I drove to Miami, Florida, not knowing anybody, not really having any money, not really having a plan and just trusting my intuition. And the last five or six years have really just been a journey of 
personal growth and self-discovery, you know, really committing to growth and learning from some of the top health, wellness, entrepreneur practitioners in the world and implementing a lot of those practices into my life. And then when I saw success, I was like, okay, awesome. Let me see if I can help my friends, my family with these same tools. And then I started working with athletes, with some executives out here in Miami and things just kind of accelerated and I became more and more hungry for growth and for learning and for, for further tapping into my highest self. And it's through that journey that I've really been able to see like, okay, what's possible for me? You know, where am I playing small? Where am I being too safe and comfortable? And, you know, our brain is designed to keep us safe. But a lot of our growth, as you know, Rich, happens outside of that comfort zone. So it's really stretching what we think is possible and being curious, trying new things and, and continuing to get back up when we do fail or when we do fall down or when we do slip up. So hopefully that answered your question a little bit, but you know, it's a day by day experience and it's a day by day journey of just really tapping in and, and always asking the question, you know, what can I do today to really uh, facilitate more change, to facilitate more growth, to further tap into my most authentic self? And, um, you know, as leaders, as executives, entrepreneurs, coaches, you know, I think the most important thing is embodiment, you know, is really embodying all of these different skills and these different lessons because other people see that. And that's what they're attracted to. They're attracted to the enthusiasm, the commitment, the consistency. Well, you talked a little bit about your journey. So, you know, you, your girlfriend cheated on you. Essentially, you know, everything was a mess. What, how did you start crawling out of that hole? What was that like for you? If you don't mind revisiting it, it's up to you. Of course. Yeah. So, so honestly, like up until that moment, I would say my life was kind of like easy. Like there wasn't that many obstacles or adversity. And I kind of just did an assessment of my life, you know, at that point. And, you know, I was like one year out of University of Oregon. Um, I was, I had been working with the Oakland days before I got fired. So, so I was kind of like just assessing different areas of my life, my relationships, you know, my, my business, my journey, all of these things. And I was like, where I'm at now, if I stay here, it's not going to contribute towards anything positive moving forward. What I mean by that is I was looking around at the people I was spending time with and they were like my best friends from high school and they all went to well-respected colleges. You know, they played sports, but after college, they plateaued. They stayed doing the same inferior habits that we were doing in high school, like smoking weed and playing video games and, and really just not taking those leaps, not really getting out of their box. And I knew like, if I'm going to do something drastic, it's going to be right now. Like I'm 24, I'm single. Like I don't have anything really stopping me from taking a chance, from taking a gamble, from taking an investment on myself. And that's really what inspired me to kind of go to Miami and see what was possible. It's like, I knew 
if I was going to stay in California at the time, if I was going to stay there, I would have a comfortable life with very limited growth. And I knew deep inside of me, Rich, that I had so much power and potential that I wasn't tapping into that was unidentified, but I knew it was there and I knew I needed to do something different if I wanted to fully unleash that potential. And I, I, I don't think at all I've unleashed it fully up until now, but I know that I'm on that right path where I'm continuing to do things that challenge me, that continue to excite me. And I'm never getting comfortable on this hamster wheel. You know, I think so many people after college, they get a corporate job or whatever it may be. And they get so comfortable with this routine and they stop and they assess five, 10 years later. And they're like, holy shit. Like, what have I been doing the last decade? I stopped doing all the things I'm passionate about. I stopped, you know, having excitement in my relationships, all of these things. And I just knew I didn't want to live a life like that. So that's what continues to inspire me every day is like, what can I do to, to really like push the limits, to push the boundaries? Okay. What are some examples of, uh, you know, executives you've coached? Like, what are their issues? You don't have to name names, obviously, but where do people tend to have like the stickiest sticking points? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, it, it's pretty, obviously it's, you know, a case by case basis, but I'm currently working with C-level executives from Google and Spotify. And I would say for them and... Before we continue... I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. For my, most of my clients in the past, it's, it's kind of overall, it's a similar scenario, right? It's, hey, this person's in their late 30s, maybe early mid 40s. They've reached this level of financial success. They have all of the material things, yet they still feel empty. They're still lacking fulfillment. And the reason for that is because they did all of these things. They chased the promotion. They chased the job title. They chased the nice car, the nice house. And it's not to say that those things are bad. Like those things are beautiful if they're acquired with the proper intention. But what happened is they often, you know, sacrifice this material success, this financial wealth for their health and for their relationships. So a lot of times, you know, these people will come in and they're not really even like sure who they are. Like they don't have a clear identity because their identity has been tied to working for this company or working this job title or having this amount of money. So that's really where they're at when I usually see them and they typically lack a lot of structure systems and accountability. Like they're used to being kind of the person calling the shots 
whether it's for their company or, or their team. And they haven't really been reciprocated with that same support and accountability. So like, as you know, you know, the biggest thing that we're all trying to create more of is time. You know, we all want more time to do the things we love, to create whatever it is we desire. But when you're working these long hours, and this even got accelerated during COVID because the boundaries for like when work starts and when work finishes got blurred. So a lot of these people, in this case, the couple that I was referring to and regarding Google and Spotify, you know, it was a lot of like, man, I've been working my ass off for the last 20 years to, to get to this point. And now I'm here and I don't feel happy. I don't feel good. Like I'm in physical pain right? Maybe my relationships with my family and my loved ones isn't where I want it to be. So what we do where I come in is really help create that alignment in their life. Like starting from the root cause, like getting really clear with what their core values are, getting clear with the things that matter to them, getting clear with, you know, their priorities and what the cost is that they're paying by continuing to be on the path that they're on now. And, you know, I use a lot of unique protocols. We do a lot of customized, everyone who works with me gets a customized movement, nutrition program, but much more than that, you know, it's, it's a mindset thing. It's really tapping in to their heart space because they've been, they've been operating from their head for so long, you know, over analyzing, being analytical, being the critical thinker that they haven't tapped into their heart space. Right. And I always say, Rich, that the furthest journey that we take in this human experience is the 18 inch journey from our head to our heart. And when you're living from the heart, you're able to act with more intuition and you're able to really trust yourself and lead with love. And a lot of these people forgot what that even means. So, yeah, that that's kind of, you know, uh, a snippet of what we do. I also use microdosing psilocybin as a tool to just to complement this process, which has helped a lot of a lot of the people I work with as well. And I'm also quick question about that. So, you know, microdosing, what's the protocol for that? And what's what's been the effects? What's your product? Like, you know, how much do you take? How often and have clients taken it? And what's you know, what's some of the effects that people have experienced? If you like this podcast please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. Yeah, for sure. So I appreciate you asking. So just like everything, uh, whether it's movement, nutrition, sleep, you know, everyone responds to things differently. So, you know, the dose that I take isn't going to be the same as my clients because, you know, maybe they have a history of SSRIs, you know, antidepressant medication, which has impacted their serotonin receptors in a certain way. So it might require a little more for them to actually feel the impact. So for me, I've never been on those medications. So like I'm pretty sensitive to, to the effects of psilocybin. I also, my specific formula, I mix, mix it with um, lion's mane and cordyceps mushrooms, which are two medicinal mushrooms that really allow you to feel this very strong mental cognitive boost. And the biggest thing that I would say, like microdosing has done for myself and my clients is it really gives them a level of self-awareness that they didn't have before. And what I mean by that is a lot of times we're operating 
on automatic and we're not even aware of these different things and tendencies and habits that we have. So microdosing allows us to really like gain perspective and see ourselves from a different lens. And in that same process, like not judging ourselves, you know, not being critical of ourselves, but like just observing and seeing like, oh, wow, that's interesting. What, what can I do now? Like, and, and once you start microdosing and you get, a, you build a relationship with the medicine, so many other positive things happen that maybe you weren't even intending to, you know, all of a sudden you're probably going to be repelled by unhealthy food, like fast food that is just prepared, you know, and, and plastic wrappers and frozen dinners, you know, like that stuff after you microdose is like, no, like I want some nice fruit. I want some vegetables. I want a healthy meal to nourish my body. You know, I don't want to sit all day in a chair. I want to actually move my body and show it the love it needs and deserves. So, you know, what it's doing, what, what psilocybin is doing on a, on a, a neuroscience level is it's working on a specific serotonin receptor. Uh, and it also helps deactivate this part of our brain called the default mode network. And the default mode network is where all of our stories, all of our perceptions, all of our ego lives. And once we're able to dissolve some of that, we're able to actually live life much more authentically and um, be more creative because now we're creating more neural connections in our brain. And this is why so many, you know, leaders and teams in Silicon Valley for startups have implemented microdosing like company wide. Oh, so, wow. so it, yeah, so it has a ton of benefits. You know, a study just came out, Rich, which was a big study. You know, it was published by the New England Journal of Medicine and it was basically comparing you know, psilocybin to SSRIs and the effectiveness. And basically they found that, you know, two doses of psilocybin. Now this wouldn't be a microdose. This would be a bigger dose is as effective at, at least as effective as daily intake of an SSRI. And, you know, in our country, we've been really programmed to just like address bullet wounds with band-aids and not actually treat the root cause. So perfect example of this is one of my clients, again, high level executive high level executive and, you know, was battling addiction for like over 15 years. And he connected with me. And before he became a client, we were just like connecting for a couple months, you know, chatting. I was just wanting to provide value and support for him. And we finally started working together. And, you know, after a couple months of microdosing, he told me like, dude, this is the first time that I, that I've been clean, but like, I haven't even felt the temptation to use. That was huge. That was like really huge for me. And because there was so much, I was seeing all these breakthroughs happen, you know, with my clients and my family members. And I was getting so many messages on social media because, you know, I posted a couple TikTok videos about microdosing that went viral and had millions of views. And I was like, I need to just create something, at least provide some education about this topic because there's so much stigma and uncertainty around it. So, you know, I, I just want to mention that because I created a free microdosing course that is simply just providing, you know, like it's like 30 minutes of video information. You know, it's not like a gimmick. It's not pulling anyone into a funnel. How did you get introduced to it and how much is a microdose and how much is too much? Yes. Great question. And I'm, and I'm honestly like grateful that you, you want to learn more and you want to have this conversation. You know, that's such like a, like a, a step in the positive direction, just being open to it. So 
I well, the biggest learned... reason is that I have family members with depression long term. So anything I can do to help them, I'm up for it. That's why I asked. I love it, brother. I love it. And I'm sure a lot of people listening right now know somebody, if not themselves, who struggled with depression. So I first learned well, I was about... Joke and say, don't worry, COVID took away everyone's depression. So it's not a problem anymore. I was making oh, a joke. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? Funny, funny you mentioned that, though. All jokes aside, you know, the reports that I've read have, have basically stated, you know, before COVID, depression was the number one uh, illness in in the world. Um, and since COVID, the last year, depression has at least tripled. So that can just give the listeners an idea of how many people are struggling and suffering with this and just surfacing back to uh, the default mode network, right? Depression is mostly a product of ruminating in the past, constantly dwelling on past traumas, past failures, past mistakes. And that prevents us from living in the present. It prevents us from creating a bright future. So I first learned about medicinal mushrooms. These are not psychoactive mushrooms. I mentioned lion's mane. So my dad, just to provide a little context, was a neurologist for over 40 years. And um, I was always really interested in brain health and how to improve it and optimize it. So I was reading and studying Chinese medicine. And I, and I learned that they use lion's mane mushrooms, which is, uh, which is like, it, it, it's a really powerful mushroom for um, creating more neural connections and also avoiding things like dementia and Alzheimer's. And I had two grandparents that had Alzheimer's at the end of their life. And it was so painful to like see them suffer and not even remember my name. So I was like, I just want to learn tools that I can help myself and help the people I love, like not have to endure that. Right. And not to experience that. So that was about three years ago that I first started using lion's mane mushrooms. Then I tapped more into medicinal mushrooms. I learned about you know, athletes were using cordyceps mushrooms, a bunch of Olympic athletes specifically to um, were the, improve. Were the cordyceps growing out of their heads? I'm just kidding. Like they do in the wild. You know, exactly. cordyceps grow out of the heads of ants and things like that. It's crazy. And athletes with, with mushrooms growing out of them. Honestly, that it, it kind of is like that though, because if you think of like aha moments, right? Aha moments as those things growing out of your head, it's like, yeah, it is going to help with that. So yeah, cordyceps are basically called the athlete's mushroom. They really improve like endurance, lung capacity, oxygen utilization. So, you know, I learned more about this. And then, you know, I learned, I, I was reading stuff about microdosing, And I was like, you know, I want to try this. I want to implement it for me first before I share it with anyone. And this was about 18 months ago. And um, I got myself on a protocol. And you asked, what is microdosing in terms of amount? So, Microdosing is 0.1 to 0.5 grams, so 100 to 500 milligrams. And, you know, just to give people an understanding, like if you're going to do like a big journey where you like leave this planet and go to a different stratosphere, that's usually at least like two to three grams. So this is about one tenth of that, right? And you're not going to feel any of those same sensations when you microdose. You're not, you're going to be 100% coherent you're going to be more coherent. Your senses are going to be heightened. But you, like if you're around family or friends or whatever, like they're not going to know you're microdosing. You know what I mean? It's very subtle. So, so, so that's kind of what a microdose is. And then I personally take 0.25. 
and I mix it. I have these capsules that I formulated with 400 milligrams of lion's mane, 400 milligrams of cordyceps. And I take those probably twice a week on days that I'm like nonstop. Or if maybe I feel like I didn't get as ideal a sleep as I would have liked to, I'll take those. And I think it's important to mention, you know, I don't, I don't see microdosing as like a magic pill by any means. If you are not moving your body, if you're not eating healthy, if you're not sleeping well, microdosing isn't going to be that effective for you. You have to get those other areas of your life in check. And that's why I never implement microdosing with my clients until our two month mark together, because the first month is really, is really infusing all of these other areas, their morning routine, uh, detoxifying their body, getting them consistent with their movement and their, in their sleep. And then once we feel like we're in a good place, that's when we implement microdosing. And even from that point, I mean, people should feel a lot better after your interventions, but then when they start the microdosing, it takes them up another level. Exactly. Yeah. Like the most common thing that I get, because I do typically work with men, the most common thing I get is like calm, focused energy. So I think a lot of people have felt like, you know, what it feels like to be uh, quote unquote, like productive where you're like dialed in. But oftentimes when you're dialed in like that, you're so like fight or flight, your cortisol levels and stress levels are so high that like, it's also taking something away from you. Yeah, you might be focused on something and getting a task done. But like, your stress is causing inflammation to your body. So the best way that they describe it to me is like, they're very focused, but they're also very even keeled and calm. And I think that's a huge difference. And then Another thing is like they oftentimes express that they're actually able to like experience their emotions more easily. Like rather than suppressing our emotions, like a lot of men have been programmed to do, microdosing allowed them to kind of tap in and like really express themselves and feel those things instead of instead of holding them in. So it's just been a powerful tool. And, you know, the more that I work with it with my people, like the more I'm just... I'm just like such a big believer in it. The more research that comes out, I mean, you have the finest institutions in America dedicating labs and, and separate, separate schools for this. You know, now Harvard and Yale are both involved. Johns Hopkins has been involved for a while. You have UCSF, University of California, San Francisco. You have UCLA. I mean, all of these institutions are doing a ton of research on the power of psychedelics and mental health and, and other issues as well. Uh, any, any specific stories of people you worked with that, I don't know, the outcome was amazing that you want to talk about? Man, I mean, I shared the one with, uh, with my client, you know, who was struggling with addiction for almost two decades. You know, I think that's pretty major. And then one that's even closer to my heart is my brother. You know, I have one older brother. I'm 30 years old. My brother's 35. And when I was 13, my brother kind of went on a path, not making the best decisions. And, um, you know, it led to drugs, alcohol, separation. And I, I basically lived like the next 15 years of my life without my older brother. And I almost like accepted it. It became like just the norm for me. And, and after doing other work with my brother and integrating and, and, and bridging our relationship, you know, step by step. Uh, I recently implemented microdosing with him like six months ago. And he was someone who was on SSRIs and anxiety meds for probably 15 years on and off. And now we are basically, we've basically completely weaned him off SSRIs. 
um, in a very methodical way. You can't just go cold turkey with those things because right. your, bo- your body becomes so immune to them that like similar to like a withdrawal, it'll be like, oh shit, like I don't have this thing that I'm used to and that's not good either. So we kind of like just lowered the dose every couple weeks and implemented microdosing two to three times a week. And like, it's been amazing to see my brother, like, like every single day. I mean, we talk every single day now and like, like he's so much more upbeat. He's so much more open. And I'm just so grateful, like that I was able to really use this medicine for, you know, someone like my brother who's so close to me and someone I love so dearly. So you know, for me, it's very close to my heart. So, yeah, I was going to ask you, too. So we have the amount, and then how often, you said two to three times a week, is that typical? Or do you start once a month and ramp up? What, what's the ideal? Yeah, so I actually, I cover this in the in the free course I mentioned. So there's a couple popular protocols, one by Paul Stamets, who's like the most famous mycologist. And then there's one by James Fadiman, who is also... He's a legend. He was like studying psychedelics, you know, in the fifties and sixties. Um, so they both have their protocols, which I reference in the, in the course. I personally, it depends on who I'm working with, but it's no more than three times a week. And it also kind of depends on like their workflow. Like I have a couple people who love to run and they, they like to run Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. That was their, their running schedule. So we kind of implemented microdosing on those days. And they saw their runs greatly improve. Like one of my clients was running three miles a day or three miles, three times a week. And after microdosing, like she said that she was running five miles at ease, like felt like she could go more. And I think that speaks to the power of just like how much we hold ourselves back. We have like these intrinsic barriers that we've made up in our mind, like, okay, yeah, three miles. Like, that's what I always do. That's, that's good. Like, that's, that's a good run for me. And then you take this, it's like, oh shit, like I did three miles, but I'm not even tired. Like, why am I stopping? I'm going to keep going. So it goes back to that self-awareness too. I think that's like one of the most powerful things, but yeah, definitely not once a month. I, I think I like to think of microdosing rich as like the shallow end of the pool, right? Like microdosing is is like safe it's secure like you're supported right and and then if you wanted to try a bigger dose that's like going to the bigger side the bigger end to the pool you know you have to train train in the shallow and get confident get comfortable and then maybe once or twice a year you go over to the bigger pool so that's how i like to think about it i think a lot of people hear about something that's trending and they try it and then they don't have success. And it's because oftentimes they didn't really know what they were doing, right? Like they did, they tried it, which is fine. It's good to experiment, but like. Tell me how people go wrong with it. What do they do where it doesn't work or it actually, you know, causes them problems? Yeah. I mean, I think expect, first of all, like expecting that it's just going to help heal everything you know, is like the first problem, having unrealistic expectations and not implementing other practices that support microdosing. The things that are going to support it the most are like uh, movement practice, just eating, eating like what I call high vibration foods, like a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, those type of things. And, and 
getting good sleep. And then people just oftentimes don't know like what dose, you know, or they don't know like what source they're getting it from. For me, it's really important. If I'm ever going to put something in my body, I need to know where it came from, whether that is something like mushrooms or whether that is oranges. You know, I want to know, like, where did this thing come from? Because ultimately, I want to know that it was cultivated the right way. And there wasn't, you know, toxic things involved. So for me, that's like my, that's why I think I've attracted kind of the clientele that I have is because they know that I always do my due diligence, and my homework on everything that if I, everything I provide them, like is something that I've put in my own body is something that I've tried myself. I would never give them something if it wasn't something that I knew wasn't that it was the best high, the best quality thing is what I always provide for my people. And, you know, sometimes it takes a little longer to find that thing and like to source that thing and to scale that thing. But, you know, that's kind of the process I'm committed to is not cutting corners and always finding the the best, highest quality, most sustainable source stuff. Yeah, no, that's excellent. So we talked a lot about the microdosing. Are there more nuances to it that you've only learned after using it for a long time? Like, how has your experience with it changed over months and possibly years of use? I feel like it, it's really just like really just being intuitive, like like not being dependent on it, because that's when you start to tank the relationship is when you become like dependent on something. So for me, it's like I'm always making sure, OK, you know, what's my intention for doing this? Right. And like anyone in the psychedelic community, if you've ever done psychedelics, you know, we talk about set and setting. So set is just mindset. What is your mindset towards this thing? And most people think of mushrooms, Rich, and they think like, oh, I did mushrooms in high school. Yeah, like that was fun. And that's okay. Like, you know, I did that too. But that's really not the energy we should be coming from. We should be really bringing in a reason, a, a purpose that we're pursuing this thing, whether that's to, you know, heal or help heal our brain and our anxiety or whatever it is, or just to gain more self-awareness and clarity and, and creativity, but be clear with the intention, I would say is number one. And then, yeah, I, I mean, really just, again, like people jump to conclusions very quickly. Like if they don't see any or notice any benefit, you know, after a week or two, they're like, what the hell? Like, this doesn't work. Understand that everything is a process, you know, and, right. and especially if you're, you know, I'm 30 years old, but a lot of people I work with are older than me, you know, they're 40, they're 50. So like, like imagine you, you've been doing something, you've been living a certain way for 40 or 50 years. Like once we implement something, it's not just gonna, you're not just gonna feel everything right away, right? Like it takes time for your body to really adapt. So that's, that's what I would say in regards to that. Well, what do people notice? With the first dose and with subsequent doses, you know, how long does it take to really get to get it going? Man, I would say it, it really does vary. Like there's people. Yeah, I'm sure on average. There's people. Yeah, I would say on average, I mean, probably two weeks, like which would be like four or five times, like to actually like really distinctly feel it and like identify like, oh, wow. Okay. That's what it is. You know, I, I would say, I mean, there's definitely. Definitely some of my clients have been like, messaged me, you know, like after the first day, like, whoa, like I, I, I felt something. There's also always like a placebo effect. Like they know they took this thing that might potentially impact them. So like they're already programming their mind to believe that it's working. 
right? But like that's a totally different subject is placebo and and the role that like our belief system plays into effectiveness. But but I would say on average probably two weeks. Okay. Any other elements of your protocol that would be important to talk about that we haven't covered? I mean, this one seems really unique. But again, is there anything else that you do that really has like breakthrough effects on people? And uh, you know, we haven't spoken about it. I would say like the biggest thing is I would say the biggest thing that I I help my clients achieve is is inner peace. You know, and I think that's something that we all really crave, whether we know it or not, is like that inner knowing of like, hey, I'm good. You know, yeah, shit's going to hit the fan. Yeah, there's going to be, you know, my fair share of putting out fires today. I mean, most of being a CEO and executive involves putting out fires and, and constantly doing those type of things that might not be so fun. But it's like when you have that higher purpose and you're more connected to yourself, and your identity, you start living differently, you start approaching relationships differently, you start approaching conversations and different nuances and situations differently in a more intentional way in a more loving way. So I would say just living a life of like, more happiness and more fulfillment through these different things. And I would say also, like, you know, my my programs 12 weeks, and sometimes I do work with my clients past that, like, my clients all are really all friends and family at the end of the day. That's what we become. But, but like my whole premise is I don't want you to have to need me after 12 weeks. Like we're going to work on these tools. You're going to gain so much consistency that you're not even going to need me. But if you still want to work with me and if there's still alignment and if we want to continue elevating and co-creating together, then let's do it. But most of my clients, like they, they are good after 12 weeks. Like they have adopted all of these habits and practices. And with that being said, a lot of them still want to continue because like they still want to get pushed. They still want to be held accountable. So yeah, that, that's where I say we really kind of separate ourselves from the pack. What, um, your clients, do they, I mean, what are they skittish about or what are they uncertain about? You know, like is the microdosing to them like, Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. Or is it other things that is part of your program that they're the most either resistant to or afraid of, or like what's the most difficult parts in working with someone? Yeah. So, so I would say, you know, microdosing isn't even something that I would like openly offer in my coaching before, but it was something that they were seeking out because like they came across some of my content or something along those lines. And then I was like, oh, wow, like this is something that people are actually looking for. So, you know, I have the ability to provide it to them because I only work with, you know, a, a few clients at once. So it's not like I'm, I'm doing this for a lot of people. That's what allows me to have these big breakthroughs is because we're working in a very one-on-one setting and, and we're having that personal connection. But I would say typically like the biggest thing, like the biggest barrier I would say is just like being open, like off the bat is like being vulnerable and sharing some of the things that they're struggling with. You know, sometimes people, you know, that that's why I think a lot of people come to me too, because they see me being open and vulnerable. So they're like, okay, like I feel safe. I feel supported by this person. And then when it comes time for them to do it, it can be challenging. But for me, I understand that everyone is on their unique journey. I'm not here to like force anyone to do anything, but I am here to stretch people's comfort zones. 
So, you know, I'm always doing it. Everyone I work with knows like I'm doing it out of love. I'm doing it for their growth. And it's sometimes going to be uncomfortable. You know, that's one of the common themes is like a lot of this work isn't comfortable. And that's why most people avoid it for their entire life. And they never do it is because they rather just be comfortable and safe. Well, very good. Uh, Jeremy, where can people find out more about your coaching and what's your podcast? And, you know, what are some resources for people? For sure. I appreciate you so much, Rich. You know, I'd love to connect with people off here. And, uh, you know, I'm the host of the Thrive University podcast. And uh, my mission there is to really provide people with the educational tools that they never received in school. So I bring in a lot of the top health and wellness professionals from around the world, from functional medicine doctors, from uh, psychologists to nutritionists to functional, uh, I think I just said functional medicine doctors to entrepreneurs to really break down kind of their stories and how they were able to create the life that they're living and all the events that they overcame. So that's Thrive University podcast. Um, and then I'm always posting a lot of content on social media, Instagram and TikTok, especially Coach Jeremy 305 is where they can connect with me there. And then I mentioned I have the um, free microdosing course. So, so I think that's a great place for people to get a little more familiar with my communication, with, with kind of my approach. And again, like it's, it's, it's something that it's not a gimmick. I literally wanted to create something that was like the best free resource I've ever seen. Most people provide like a PDF or something like that. And it's really just getting you into their funnel. For me, I wanted to provide something of massive value for free that was no strings attached. So, um, I'll, I'll, uh, send you that email now, Rich, so we can link it in the show notes. And then, you know, uh, yeah. And then if, if someone is interested in applying for, for our coaching, you know, they can DM me on Instagram or that they'll be able to kind of see links through there uh, for the application process. Very good. Well, Jeremy, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you, brother. I had such a fun time talking and connecting, and I'm really grateful that we were able to dive deeper into microdosing. And, you know, I hope this episode provided value yeah. Just a couple people, and um, and hopefully some people were inspired to take action on their life today. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.